everyone, uh, this is the first episode of the AI Guild podcast series. If you are new, AI Guild is a community of data scientists and AI practitioners as well as everyone who wants to strengthen the AI community in Europe. My name is Leila and I'm a founding member of AI Guild and as well as a consultant at Lexta in Berlin. And today we have uh, one of our AI Guild members, very special guest, Tobias. Uh, Tobias is a freelancer and data science consultant um, and owner of the blog Depends on the Definition, which is about um, machine learning, data science and different programming topics. So Tobias, um, I'm very excited to have you here and uh, to make time to be here with us in our studio in Berlin near the store. And tell me Tobias, how do you feel actually about our podcast? Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm quite excited about the podcast and looking forward to talk about um, what's going on and the AI landscape in Berlin, probably. Yeah, I mean, for AI, it's actually one of the best places to be in... Uh, At um, least in Europe, yeah. Yeah, definitely. At least in Europe, yeah, let's say it's put like that. So. Tobias, um, and I want to actually ask you more about, um, like maybe, maybe like just deep, deep dive into your daily life. How how do you actually live like a data science freelancer consultant? So I prefer to work on multiple projects at the same time. So I have multiple clients basically in parallel. Um, that keeps me excited about the projects and I can can switch topics and sometimes it's more relaxing to to have time to to think about something and switch to, a, to another topic uh, in the meantime, especially when you do data analysis. So yeah, in general, I have a co-working space, I drive to the office, then I look what's on the table. Okay, <laughs> so Tobias, I also read that you uh, worked uh, before you switched to freelancing lifestyle kind of data science you worked as a consultant did your life actually change yeah I mean I work as worked as a consultant and also in a startup so I've seen seen like kind of different different angles of what it means to work as a data scientist and yeah I mean the flexibility of being a freelancer compared to being like full-time consultant like on the payroll of another company basically is different I mean you work for your for your own money but you, and you can schedule things accordingly so it gives me more time to to explore the, uh, the blog gives me more greater flexibility about the topics I want to to learn about so I'm diving more into data engineering and like weekly supervised learning for example and I can do this like independently basically of projects and consulting I work on at the moment and yeah, of course, uh, the flexibility is also bigger because like if you're a solo freelancer, you can can have a pretty flexible schedule only depending on the client and not on like some internal things of a larger consultancy firm. And in general, you don't have to deal with like two politics at the same time, right? I mean, yeah, you, you probably know, yeah, know it, of right? Of course, as a consultant, I know this yeah. uh, challenge. Yeah. So you have your internal company mm -hmm. politics and you have your clients' politics. I mean, sometimes there are also difficulties. You have to, so I sometimes also work, work for, um, for agencies. Mm -hmm. um, and there are sometimes, for them, it's like political issue that they hire freelancer for clients. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and what is also actually was really, uh, I, I ask myself very often this question actually, how um, experienced actually you should be in order to make this step into freelance? So, so I would say what you should be good at and what was also hard for me in the beginning is like you should be good at project management and communicating to clients that are not deeply in your technical um, domain. And on the other hand, you should be really careful about understanding your clients and think about like what are their pain points and not about like technical stuff because in general, like depends on like where, like in what area you're especially freelancing. There are like, I guess, different, different needs of the client. Like if you are, at least from my point of view, mm -hmm. I'm always supporting most times smaller companies or companies that are getting started with AI. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to like the big firms and I'm hired for like a full-time one year gig in a project mm -hmm. with like 50 other data scientists. So I have to communicate with people who don't know much about machine learning and data science in general. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you have to be careful. So I would say you don't have to be that experienced because the field right now is pretty new mm -hmm. and a lot of things happening um, like or happened in the last years so okay. it helps if you have like a technical technical background if you do technical things but I would say at least from my point of view because I'm coming from the technical side for me it was harder to get like the, the soft skill side of things mm -hmm. like to communicate properly to um, manage the projects properly yeah, to listen carefully to the to the client's needs and, and communicate accordingly. Okay, and uh, for me personally, like um, I'm like more into like management consultancy than a deep dive into data science. For me, for example, I feel right now at, at my uh, level of my career experiences, I feel more comfortable in working um, in a company because in case I am struggling with one topic or so, I can always go back to my colleagues or to some seniors, senior consultants and uh, give them questions. And how do you manage, uh, for example, one, like if you have uh, struggling with a problem where right now you don't have an answer? Yeah, so I mean, it happens quite regularly, actually. So at one, one, one thing is like, I know other data scientists or machine learning people mm -hmm. in Berlin, so I just talk to them. There's mm -hmm. quite nice online community also, where you can like ask, ask questions and mm -hmm. find someone to discuss Can things. you maybe name us one of them, which are, may, might be also interesting for our listeners? So, so I, I hang around a lot at uh, Twitter, actually, okay. and um, on Reddit, okay. So that helps, and then if you have a specific topic, also GitHub is often mm -hmm. a good, good resource to to connect to people that are struggling with similar things. It depends on the mm -hmm. the topic really, and then often like I also have clients that that are quite open to to discuss things I don't know yet. So okay. and then often you just, I would say this is like probably the the biggest problem for pe people getting started you have to accept that you don't know a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But it's also the same as you if you're in every data science role. Basically, you don't know a lot of things beforehand. Mm -hmm. and you have to get comfortable with finding out how yeah. it works. And if you can communicate this mm -hmm. to the client properly, then it's in general working well. Because yeah, if they don't know this, then they have a hard, like if they don't, if they cannot handle that you don't know any, uh, everything, then they will have a hard time with 
any data science project. So because it's new field, right? Yeah, and also also yeah. like it's not like a like a normal um, IT project. You you mm -hmm. cannot have like just a schedule and then yeah. everything works out according to plan. Mm -hmm. So you have to do your data analysis, like explore your data. Of course, you you have done some some um, engineering parts there, but mm -hmm. I mean, if your problem that you're trying to solve with machine learning, for example, it's just not working, or you just don't have the right data, mm -hmm. then there's probably nothing happening. Okay. So this is something mm -hmm. a communication issue. And uh, you mentioned uh, data engineering. Um, maybe for some listeners, it would be also interesting to know. Are those actually different career paths to go towards data engineering and towards data science, or they are similar, or how? Where is actually the distinct, uh, the, yeah, the difference between them? It's a it's a difficult question. I would say. I mean, I mean, it depends a lot on like on what definition, like I, on the definition, <laughs> probably. Yeah, but <laughs> we come back to this to this later <laughs> to your blog. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. um, I guess it depends on what kind of companies you want to do your career in. Like, of course, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're targeting like a large company for your career, for example, then it's more distinct, right? They have a certain ecosystem where some, some team manages data infrastructure and builds the, the engineering part of the, your data software. And there's a completely different part of the company that's building like the science thing and doing the research and building the prototypes. But there's like, and then there's of course the startup where if you are like the data engineer and the data scientist, you probably would be called data scientist, but you would do basically everything yeah, from setting SQL databases to, to building dashboards and everything in between. There is some kind of distinction from my, from my point of view. Yeah, it helps as a data scientist if you are able to set up your own infrastructure and it helps, on the other hand, as a data engineer, or if you would like to call you this, if you know what kind of problem you're trying to solve and know your data. So I would say it's still mixed, mm -hmm. but in general considered data engineering, like, yeah, more engineering, less explorative work. It was a long answer, actually. No, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have a feeling after this answer I have more questions, but um, I th yeah. I think it's uh, maybe also time to um, explore more about, um, yeah, actually um, I read a lot of, uh, about uh, in your blog also about NLP, uh, can you maybe explain what this actually is? So part of, like, part of my work is basically yeah, NLP, mm -hmm. and NLP is natural language processing, mm -hmm. so it's basically the, the field of software engineering where you deal with um, written language in some sense, in general, already computer readable. So it's like not, not text documents in the sense of scanned documents, but already normal text documents in computer. Mm -hmm. And there are yeah, different subfields. You have like document classification mm -hmm. problems. You have like information extraction topics like mm -hmm. entity recognition and stuff like this. And do yourself have actually one main like Point, uh, main point where you're focusing on in your career or you're just like a little bit of everything depends on the project depends on the question and use case also there's like multiple things I, I yeah I like to switch things mm -hmm. more often and have like different topics on my to-do list basically but like I, I have a focus on NLP topics mm -hmm. so basically 
don't do, for example, like image processing or computer vision topics. Okay. But I mean, I basically do structured data mm -hmm. and text data. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with this, there's like this data engineering mm -hmm. stuff coming up more often to mm -hmm. provide like the proper infrastructure and proper setup. But yeah. Um, maybe can you uh, name some of the most common use cases for NLP? Classic classic use cases is like spanded spanded filtering, right? You mm -hmm. detect is this email spam or not, um, or basic document classification, like what 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 are the topics of a document? Like yeah, it's called topic modeling. It can do it unsupervised, like in topic discovery way. Yeah, but there are also classical classical things is like entity recognition, where you, for example, want to detect like persons mm -hmm. or locations um, or corporations in a text, and then you have like um, entity linking, where you basically link these entities to one another and have some uh, relationship like a relationship extraction tasks. Yeah, it depends. There's basically everything you can think about. Okay, I, to be honest, the first thing I am thinking about um, when I think about NLP is actually chatbots. <laughs> ah, yeah, the yeah, no? word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, um, exactly. And uh, so it means that you usually, uh, did you actually already have an opportunity to work in this kind of security field with this NLP or not yet? What do you mean by security? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you, you said, like spam detection and uh -huh. this kind of things. I mean, more and more security issues are getting um, yeah, popularity in uh, overall IT topics and also in data science and everywhere. Yeah, so in, so in general, not, no. So I generally work with like legal documents mm -hmm. or medical documents. Mm -hmm. So there are security issues are a concern. Mm -hmm. And like the problem I'm um, working on in the first place is not a security problem. Mm -hmm. But um, of course, as a freelancer for some clients, it's a problem to just give me all their data, right? If mm -hmm. you have a banking company or something and you say, you come as a freelancer, like, hey, please hand over all your data, mm -hmm. yeah. all your contracts doesn't with your clients, right? Does it actually work well or? No, generally it doesn't work well. Okay. At, least, at least there's some probably more or less long dance with legal and mm -hmm. data protection um, teams. So. So I mean, there are solutions where you can, for example, do some pre-processing mm -hmm. of the documents before it and then encrypt them in a pre-processed form. So you can work with them and you have the statistical relationships still um, present, but they are not human readable anymore. So you can still do machine learning and you can still do, for example, document classification. Mm -hmm. But um, you as a human can cannot do anything with these documents, you can read what's the topic, what's going on in the document, other than probably your machine learning label. Mm -hmm. This limits also your, your possibilities to tune your machine learning algorithm and to understand what's going on. And it's, so it's not a long-term solution, yeah. but it helps to get started and helps my client to get some, some confidence in what we're doing mm -hmm. and that um, probably build secure infrastructure for these kind of use cases. And from there, work with like, less protected data mm -hmm. to enable use case. Yeah. yeah. Did it actually somehow happen to you that you came into a company which said, okay, we want to make uh, work out with you some use cases 
and then you come into like you see uh, into their daily work and realize that they have potentially way more data than they think they have, but they do not have proper access to that. Or can you also do you also help with this kind of issues, or you only like concentrate on modeling, um, like playing with uh, mm -hmm. with data which you are provided with? So this is also a broad field, right? So especially for the NLP mm -hmm. use cases, I often in most cases have clients that know what kind of data they have so they are probably experts for their data already and they know their use case pretty well but aim for some automation that's where or even sometimes have a machine learning prototype working and needed to be improved so in general they don't do any data uh, discovery stuff mm -hmm. but for more general machine learning projects where I also work as machine learning engineer more, more on the engineering side also and data infrastructure side. Here comes uh, the difference. <laughs> yeah, so they're working more on um, like data exploratory stuff where, I mean, often clients have like a large database, but it's completely application driven. Mm -hmm. And you can like have hundreds of database tables because mm -hmm. it makes sense for their application. But if you want to do proper analysis, then you have to do joins over 100 tables probably. Yeah. And this is like not feasible and you don't want to do this because you screw up your queries every time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, then I'm going in, trying to do some data modeling, some data warehousing, and yeah, understand the data, do data discovery mm -hmm. with, with other members of the company in general, mm -hmm. because it's hard to understand yeah. these, these kinds of data in general. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. Okay. Um, thank you, and um, I, you already mentioned what is when talking about depends on the definition. Can you maybe tell us more what the goal and the mission of this blog? Yeah, it's it started just like a fun project basically. Mm -hmm. Like someone someone told me I was employed at that time, and like, hey, <laughs> you could do a blog. It would be fun. I was like, that yeah, might be a good idea because I have some things I need to also remember and it helps yeah. me to, to put them in some structured form and put them put them online. It's like your personal knowledge management. Sometimes, yeah. Oh, so And it also yeah. happened to me that I googled mm -hmm. stuff and actually found my blog. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it, it happened at least one, one time. Then you know you're on the right path. And yeah. I was really happy. Yeah, of course, um, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now it's also like interesting, interesting, um, tool for client discovery, mm -hmm. basically like, okay. especially in this NLP area, people people find okay. me over the blog and contact me there. This like clients or or uh, peers? Yeah, both actually. Clients, peers, okay. and also a lot of students working on, mm -hmm. on projects that uh, want um, some support. Yeah, but the general mission is actually just, I write stuff that I find interesting mm -hmm. and Sometimes people also find it interesting, sometimes I guess not. Mm -hmm. But um, it also helps me to keep track of like what I'm what I'm doing at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah, sounds really, really exciting actually. I, I was looking it. I know, I was looking at your blog and to be honest, I was impressed by the uh, content I I found there. It's just like yeah. I know, I mean, I mean, you, I recommend writing a blog. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend both of them, yeah. Right, uh, like maybe reading your blog and writing a blog, which as you said, it helps to like own knowledge management. 
and um, also what actually I think many people um, like I meet who are new to data science uh, or who want to be a data scientist they're usually somehow a little bit like I mean on the one hand they're excited by the opportunities they could have but on the other hand they also face with many fears because and insecurities because it's a new field and they uh, do not know how good they are or how to become a good data scientist and all of these things and that's why I want to ask you how, how was actually your personal path uh, into data science and how you discovered it for yourself and was it this actually complicated to get into the field or find your first job? How was it for you? So I was studying maths at the time actually and yeah, just got into some uh, lecture about machine learning like the really basic things a lot of probably not really necessary mathy stuff mm -hmm. and yeah I stuck there and the professor just hired me for some student job um, yeah and after after university I just applied for some startups in Berlin and, and got was job. your job in university already related to data science or would it was in the yeah, department yeah, of computer science department. with machine okay. learning so it was more machine learning algorithm so you stuff. already had hands-on uh, like practices there. I had hands-on practice, mm -hmm. more on the theoretical side actually, mm -hmm. also my coding skills were really bad at the time. Mm -hmm. Also Python uh, probably. Yeah, uh, mostly uh -huh. Python. Mm -hmm. um, I did a lot of Kaggle competitions oh, at wow, the time. Okay. And then yeah, I got a job at a startup and had a really, really good um, team lead there. Mm -hmm. And I was the only team member other than this team lead. Mm -hmm. So this was a really, really great uh, learning experience. But yeah, I know I know what you mean by the, by this um, fears. Uh, because people usually ask themselves, okay, how do I know how good I actually am right now, and is it enough what I know to apply for a job, and all of those questions. I mean, I mean, the, the the big problem I see is like most often not a technical issue. I mean, there are I mean like a million um, new Python packages and new uh, machine learning frameworks going on every day a new package for mm -hmm. something but yeah I guess big reason for fear is like it's not not such a clear working trajectory in a lot of cases because there are a million things to to think about and you probably don't get all of them and then like probably you also think when you at least when you start out and I'm still sometimes think so like when you have data that they will tell you something mm -hmm. in general they don't tell you anything so you have to ask the proper question and think about if you can answer it with this data and then you have to communicate the answer to someone probably above you in your um, company and you have to stand up for this answer but because you you looked at the data from a lot of angles probably you you know that that could answer could be different answers mm -hmm. and you're not 100 percent sure or there could be some issues with the data you're not 100 um, percent aware of probably it makes it complicated, I guess, compared to probably normal software engineering where you have a software and it works mm -hmm. and you have your proper unit tests and everyone is happy if it works and then you have some bugs and then you fix the bugs. But if you put out a machine learning prototype to a production system, mm -hmm. you probably don't never have any bugs, but still it's really bad and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Can be hard. I have a feeling now I understand what you said at the beginning, uh, what you meant actually with listening to your client and maybe understanding them better. I assume 
this is actually what you meant with like understanding like if you have data and you actually understand the business of the client mm -hmm. this is this makes way more easier maybe for you to work with that yeah definitely yeah it helps yeah Thank listening you. helps so <laughs> <laughs> as in every, in every job <laughs> here we aligned nice and um tobias do you have a feeling that um, maybe i didn't ask something which you think that it is like so important to for everyone to know what maybe we didn't cover what i didn't ask i guess you asked a lot of good things and i don't have a question that is lacking <laughs> i would say especially to just get started in data science mm -hmm. i would say it's like it's not so hard to get started especially nowadays because there's a lot of uh, need for this um, position don't be as scared by the math because it's basically not that important for most cases. Mm -hmm. And what I would like to add actually is, I think there will be a big opportunity in this whole more product facing area of kind of data science, like the data product manager, I would describe it probably a machine learning product manager, like someone who is more aware of business mm -hmm. and more aware of like the challenges in the real world, so to say, but still understands the data. And at least that's what I'm seeing quite often that it's like a lack of communication between like business and tech. Mm -hmm. And this is even more a problem in data science. If you, if you want to build a machine learning product, then the whole product team basically has to understand like what is it's like to work with machine learning and with data. And this education step is often quite hard. You have a probabilistic component in your um, software infrastructure that has like special needs in monitoring, in deployment. And I would say this is like the, like the opposite of the data engineer, basically. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, someone who understands data and can communicate with business properly. Mm -hmm. And I guess this will be a lot more in need in the future. Yeah, I will totally agree because recently, unfortunately, I forgot uh, what was the name of the author, but this was actually a similar problem they were uh, discussing is that a management do not need to be a data scientist, but they need to have a proper understanding of data scientists and data scientists do not necessarily have to be like business people, but they definitely need a good understanding of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole field will broaden and will mm -hmm. be more specialized soon. And it's already starting, right? With like, I guess in the beginning, when I started, like there was only data scientists <laughs> and they did any, everything. Yeah, you did machine learning and data engineering and analysis and reporting and dashboarding. Mm -hmm. and it was all data science, at least, at least in Europe at the time, like a few years ago. Probably at Facebook, it was different than like now it's really like there are certain roles where you look for certain people, coin the name according to your needs and say like, this is probably more a data engineer mm -hmm. and this is probably more like a data scientist. Yeah. And there are also data consultants. What are those actually like? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, know. it's just like something in between. Um, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, what exactly the job description is. It depends on the job description. Yeah. I would say that. It's also with data scientists, actually. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of, especially smaller companies, they hire a data scientist, mm -hmm. but it, it might in the end be more a data engineer mm -hmm. with the opportunity to do data science. Like 
So it's all blurred somehow. Yeah, you have to, I mean, yeah, you have to be more, I mean, the smaller the company, the broader you have to be, basically, mm -hmm. to, because there will be no, no one running the infrastructure. Yeah. Or if there's someone, it's probably not running your data infrastructure, at least. Well, um, yeah, Tobias, thank you so much for being with us today um, yeah, in Berlin. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, it was a pleasure. Exactly. We will definitely make some more uh, of this podcast series with other amazing and special AI Guild members. So it was our first one and we're very, very excited how um, it all will go and how our next series will be. So Tobias, have a great evening. It was nice to meet you here and yeah, have fun. Thank you, Leila. Thank you for interviewing me. <laughs> and yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more from the podcast.